0: Welcome to the Colorful Plates podcast. I'm your host Steven Medina and on this podcast we aim to inspire, educate, and collaborate with those in the fresh food supply chain. This week we're doing something a little different. We're going to hear from Chef Daniel Asher from River and Woods in Boulder, Colorado and his thoughts about moving produce to the center of the plate and his philosophy he brings to the ideas of hospitality. And of course we still want to provide a look at what's going on in the fields. DJ hit that theme music. In the fields this week is hurricane season, and this time around it's Rosa out west in Baja, Mexico. The forecast is for about 10 inches of rain in Mexico and about 2 to 4 inches in Arizona. Beyond the rains, winds of up to 40 miles per hour throughout Baja and southwestern U.S. growing regions are expected. Right now, farmers in those regions are in the planting process for their winter crops. The storms may impact the harvesting schedule down the road. We're still getting reports of the impact of Hurricane Florence on the East Coast crops. That's your cucumbers, bell peppers, eggplant and squash are all being recorded with fair quality and some supply issues. Iceberg and leaf lettuce supplies are lighter this week due to cooler weather and the beginning of field transition. There are some quality issues as well with insect and lighter case weights being reported. On the flip side, there are some good things happening in the world of fresh produce. Apples and pears are still rocking right along and melons still have a high bricks or sugar content coming out of Southern California. Autumn squash is beginning to be harvested throughout the country. Butternut and acorn are the most readily available. And that's been a quick look in the fields. Brian Denton had the opportunity to sit down with Chef Daniel Asher from River and Woods in Boulder, Colorado, after he won the award for produce excellence in fine dining at United Fresh this summer. We pick up on the conversation with Chef Daniel explaining his philosophy around moving produce to the center of the plate.
1: Um, I think the core essence of it comes down to wanting to establish a beautiful and meaningful connection to where the ingredients we're working with in our kitchen comes from Um, and then that story gets told to our guests through our staff um, and optimally the guest ends up having a moment of contemplation over that meal thinking to themselves wow this is really great i didn't realize we had great potatoes from the san luis valley in colorado or I didn't realize that um, asparagus just came into season a week ago. That's great to know. And, you know, you have those points of, of connection that are so essential. And I think my goal in the kitchen is to, first and foremost, be as respectful as possible to the ingredients that we're using. Um, for me, it's a very humble place to be able to take an amazing palette of vegetables and fruits and ingredients and herbs um, and be able to transform them into a dish. And it's something that is, demands respect and attention um, because that process started months before I ever started thinking about what new entree I'm going to be doing on a Friday night as a special. That process started months back when the farmer decided to put that variety of of carrot seed in the ground. and for me, that story is what is an amazing opportunity to connect with the guests in the dining room. Um, and as I said during the demo, you know, there's all this publicity and there's a huge media drive pushing chefs into the spotlight. And there's magazines dedicated to chefs, there's TV shows dedicated to chefs, tons of marketing and advertising dollars rally around chefs, which is great. but at the same time, we're only as good as the ingredients we work with. And the true heroes of our food system in America are the farmers. They're getting up at 3 in the morning, not sure if they can move enough crop to feed their family for the coming season. They're the ones that are shouldering the burden of nature and soil and temperature and dealing with things way beyond our scope of reference in a kitchen. in order to enable us to shine and to look really good. So to me, I think there should be a TV show that's focused on farmers. I think there should be a few glossy magazines that highlight all the cool farmers that are doing great work in the fields. Yeah. Um, and c- telling that story and having that um, ability to engage that dialogue to me is an
2: important part of cooking. Sure. uh, It seems like it's your personal philosophy and you found a kitchen and and an ownership that really shares that philosophy as well. How do you then communicate it to your guests? Uh, Training is a huge part of that.
1: Um, Doing a lineup with staff, showing them what just came in, getting them really excited about, hey, look what's happening right now, you guys have to try this. and literally just tasting through a dish and talking about where everything comes from, I'll send out, I'll do a I'll post on a dry erase board right outside the kitchen so servers and actually guests walking by can literally read what I'm writing about what we're serving. Um, and then, you know, we'll send out an email and I'll have a little packet that staff can, can study. It literally is about studying and understanding. Um, and it really takes a lot of devotion and it takes a lot of um, attention. And that's, that's the most important thing, like with anything in life, is if you focus on it and give it the right level of um space and time to process then you can embrace it more yeah
2: you, you have a contagious enthusiasm about about cooking about produce um if you go online you're going to find quotes from you about avocado being your spirit animal or utilizing right. vintage spoons like yes I, I, and i, and completely. I love that. But you said something today that I kind of want to hear from you again on this podcast about hospitality. Yes. Sh- I, and I know that there's chefs, I've got chefs in my family. There's chefs out there that that the daily grind is just that. It's the daily grind. And it, and it can be a thankless job of sorts. but It can your, be, yes. I love your take on hospitality. Can you share that with us? Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, I, I look at, um, you know, we refer to this industry as the hospitality industry. But to me, hospitality begins from the moment you get out of bed in the morning and it ends when you end your day and go to sleep. And all that time in between is an opportunity to connect and be um, creating moments of hospitality with the people that you get in contact with, whether it's accidentally bumping into someone in line somewhere um, or holding the door open for a stranger behind you when you're running into the bank, Um, you're in traffic and someone cuts you off and you get all angry because they've messed up your day. Um, It it becomes a very ego-based me, journey during the course of our days. And if we flip that around and make it a, a humble, focused we instead of the me, um, it it creates an opportunity for hospitality to have moments of thoughtfulness and kindness as we go on our way. Um, and really, hospitality is about checking in with someone who looks like they need help. Hospitality is about um, letting someone merge on the highway and waving them along. Hospitality is about seeing someone walking their dog and smiling and saying, wow, what what an awesome dog you've got. That's moments of hospitality. And and the more we carry those opportunities with us to be kind and thoughtful to others around us, um, the more we create a world that is rooted truly in the desire to help and appreciate those around us. And you're saying a chef can influence that. Oh, deeply. I mean, if, if you run your kitchen, with that philosophy and you have a team that is thriving around this core essence of being kind and thoughtful and being positive, then that inevitably affects the food that's being cooked in the kitchen. It inevitably affects the way the servers are connecting with guests in the front of the house. And at the end of the day, it it elevates the entire space energetically. So you have guests that walk in and they're like, that was a really great meal. And really great service, but besides that, it just felt really good to sit there for a while. Yeah. And then, then that person leaves, and they take that feeling with them, and then that enables them to be a little bit more positive as they go back to their normal, whatever that may be. Yeah. And I mean, people that sit at our tables are in various states of highs and lows of the human condition. I've, you know, I've, I've said this before that you literally have. Two tables next to one another. At one, there's a couple signing divorce paperwork, and their whole life is crumbling that they've created together. And then at the table next to them, someone's getting down on their knee and proposing, and they're literally starting their entire journey together. So you have all the highs and lows of this experience. And all we can do is provide a backdrop to that of food and music and lighting. And that backdrop needs to feel safe, it needs to feel real, and it needs to feel embraced with love. I mean, you said dining is an emotional experience. It, without a doubt, it is. And food is a, food triggers memories from our childhood. Um, food is a very, in, the act of eating itself is an intimate act. You are literally taking something into your body that someone else has put on a plate in front of you. So there's a, a raw intimacy there. And that, that has to be handled with the right level of respect and with the right level of intention. Um, and if we create these culinary environments and dining room environments where the true thought at the end of the day is making sure people feel nourished because they're showing up hungry and thirsty. I mean, you don't go out to eat because you're full. You go out to eat because you want something, right? Right. So we already know we're fulfilling a basic need when guests walk in the door. But beyond that, there's an emotional connection that needs to be met. And there's a wellness opportunity there. And if if you bridge that gap along with the basic elements of food and beverage, um, then you're, ta- you're elevating that experience. You're yeah. not just another restaurant. You're doing something that feels special and different, and that's, and that's what we try to do every day.
2: Chef Daniel Asher, River & Woods, Boulder, Colorado, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure. Be well. Thanks.
0: Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you to Chef Daniel again for sitting down with us and everyone else who made this podcast possible. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay in the loop and up to date with all things produce here on the podcast. And check us out online at colorfulplates.co. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Colorful Plates or at colorfulplts. We're also on Instagram at colorfulplates.co. If you have any feedback or suggestions, make sure to drop us a line at podcast at colorfulplates.co. Thanks again for listening. And as always, stay fresh.